Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. Seven habits. Highly effective people. Seven habits for us to apply in our lives, beginning with the first three habits, habits that help us to experience private victories that must come before public victories. Habits that help us to remember the importance of being proactive, to be about action in our lives, to move off of the sidelines where it feels as if life is happening to us and to move right into the center of the experience of life and to be actively engaged with it, actively engaged with our own life. To beginning with the end in mind, we have the story of, of Moses leading the Israelites through Egypt to the promised land with a vision, telling them essentially to begin with the end in mind, to picture their promised land. And so too, it is true for us that part of our experience, tr experiencing true private victories is not only that we are actively engaged in our life experience, but that we know what it is that we're wanting to bring about, that we have as clear a sense of what is important to us, not just the goal, but why, why is it important? And then to construct the way that we live our lives, the way we invest our time and our resources and our energy by putting first those things that will help us to create that end that we have in mind. And all of that we know is about experiencing personal growth, about experiencing private victories. And that paves the way for us then to really be about creating something that allows not just for our own good, but for collective good. As we begin to really think in ways that are about mutual benefit. Covey speaks of it in habit number four as thinking win-win. And some of us are familiar with the concept of win-win-win, triple bottom line, and how different our world would be if we really collectively put that into practice, not just individually, but in our businesses, in our corporations, and so forth. So it's something for us to individually and collectively continue to aspire toward. And then we looked last week at the really powerful habit, the really powerful practice of seeking first to what? To understand and then to be understood. And that really, I think, is the underpinning or provides the foundation for being able to, to create win-win situations, especially when we're in situations that are conversations that are challenging and difficult to really stay in the process, the process of genuinely, not artificially, not in a manipulative way, but genuinely, authentically trying to understand the other so that then we can move towards something, some greater collective good. And it's not that we only are seeking to understand the other. That requires consideration. 
but that we also then seek to be understood, which requires on our part a certain amount of skill and courage and vulnerability to speak truthfully about what is so for us, what we might need, what we are, what we are seeking. And all of this, Kavi suggests, then helps to lead us into this experience of synergy. And to me, that's a really beautiful, mystical, magical, spiritual word, synergy. Synergy. Synergy is, in essence, the idea that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Let's say that together. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. The magic, the power of synergy. And synergy doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in, in connection. It happens in joining together. The Oxford Dictionary defines synergy in this way. The interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. To produce something greater than the sum of their separate effects. Covey says synergy catalyzes, unifies, and unleashes the greatest powers within people, and I would say between people. It is a catalyzing energy. It is something that brings about something that didn't exist before in, to me, in somewhat of a magical sort of way. And there's a little bit of chaos, I think, mixed in with it. Have you ever been involved knowingly in a synergistic enterprise, a synergistic activity? Have you? Was it neat and tidy? Probably not. It was kind of messy. And there may have even been moments in there of, of some frustration or irritation or confusion. But in staying with that, in working with that, wrestling with it, but wrestling with it in a compassionate way, in a respectful way, in a way that is able to take in whatever the other is saying or bringing to the table, when we can stay with it, eventually something greater comes forth. To me, that's where the magic is. That's where the, I would say, the spark of the divine is. Covey says, simply defined synergy means the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. It means that the relationship the parts have to one another is a part in and of itself. I think that's a really important little nugget in there. It means that the relationship the parts have to one another is a part in and of itself. So there's the parts, and then there's a the relationship of those parts. And it's the relationship of those parts that is a catalyst for something more, something new, something different. Reading from the book, he writes, the synergistic creative process is also the most terrifying part because you don't know exactly what's going to happen or where it's going to lead. Nod your head if you've been in that before. Right, that's what I was speaking of a moment ago, the, the feeling of chaos or the feeling of confusion. You don't know exactly what's going to happen or where it's going to lead. You don't know what new dangers and challenges you'll find. 
It takes an enormous amount of internal security to begin with the spirit of adventure, the spirit of discovery, the spirit of creativity. It takes an enormous amount of inner security. This is why those first three habits are so important, because those first three habits build our inner strength, our private victories. And to the extent that we have built more of that in us, then it's easier to stay with the confusion or to stay with the, 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 um, the what's the word I'm looking for, the, the chaos in the situation to come through it to the other side to allow for something new and better to emerge. It takes an enormous amount of internal security to begin with the spirit of adventure, the spirit of discovery, the spirit of creativity. Without doubt, you have to leave the comfort zone of base camp and confront an entirely new and unknown wilderness, he writes. You become a trailblazer, a pathfinder. You open new possibilities, new territories, new continents, so that others can follow. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, that all those parts, whatever they are, coming together, that there's a relationship that is built that is palpable, I think. It is, I think, part of what happens when we come together in spiritual community. You know, Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. If you've studied any part of the Bible metaphysically, you know that the idea of a name of something, a name of a location or a name of a character in the Bible, referred to the nature of that thing. And so mystically and metaphysically, when we look at that saying of Jesus, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them, it's where two or more are gathered in the nature of that Christ energy, that Christ consciousness, that God consciousness, that when we gather together in that way, there's something that, that exists in that interchange that doesn't exist separately. The coming together brings an added dimension that lifts us up. I know some of you have felt this when you've been in a rich spiritual connection with another. Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about. In a certain kind of sangha where it's not about the words. Words can help get us there, but it's not really the words. It's the nature, the intention, the consciousness, the heart with which we have come together and stay in that energy field together that there is something that we experience that's very different from what we're able to touch or experience just individually. Synergy is everywhere in nature. You and I got here through the synergy of our mother and father. We got here through the blending of differences that brought forth each and every one of us. Synergy is everywhere in nature. We know that the roots of plants, when they co-mingle together beneath the soil, 
formed something stronger that didn't exist in the same way before. We know, or maybe we don't know, but it is true that two pieces of wood stacked together are much stronger, much, much stronger than either of those pieces of wood separately and then adding their separate strength together. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We have evidence of this in the alloy of, of, certain, um, of certain metals. We know that iron, or steel rather, is a combination of iron and carbon, and those two together are stronger than either one of those apart. There's evidence of this, but I won't go into it because I don't understand it enough, but evidence of this in, in pharmaceuticals. There's evidence of this in simple construction materials, concrete. The combination of cement and sand and gravel and water produce something stronger than any one of those individual components combined. When they come together, what do you think that means? Or what do you think that might be pointing to about us as a human family? To me, what it is pointing to, I mean, it's, we can look at nature and we can be inspired by nature. I'm inspired by nature. I think nature is a powerful teacher. We can learn so much from it. But to look at it in terms of humanity, what might it be pointing to? What might it be suggesting? I think in part it's suggesting that if we can finally get to a different way of looking at our differences and really instead of pulling away in fear or in judgment of those differences, if we can find a way to step into those differences, to understand them and understand the value of very different points of view, very different mindsets, very different paradigms, that we could come together and create something so much better than any one isolated culture or way of being could ever do on its own. But to get there collectively requires the same thing as is required of us to get there individually. It requires us living out those habits being proactive, beginning with the end in mind, making sure we're clear about the importance of what that end is, and then structuring our resources individually and collectively around the putting first things first. It requires all of that, all of that. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, but how is it greater? It can be greater in that it is stronger. It can be greater in that it is more durable. It can be greater in that it is more creative and more beautiful. There are so many ways that we can look and see the benefit of the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. And this synergy happens if we think about the preceding habits. This synergy happens not in the field of independence, 
but in the field of interdependence, which is the field of not just me, separate from you, but you and me together. This does not sound like what we talk about in unity, in metaphysics, in, in spiritual practice. And that's where the, the, the application is. That's where the challenge is, I think, to bring this principle into a cooperative spirit in the way that we work with one another. Covey suggests what might happen if we valued the social, mental, and emotional differences between all of us. What could happen? What could happen? Could we be stronger together? I think absolutely so. He writes, could synergy not create a new script for the next generation, one, of, one that is more geared to service and contribution and is less protective, less adversarial, less selfish? Does that sound good to anybody else? Yeah, less protective, less adversarial, less selfish, one that is more open, more trusting, more giving, and is less defensive, protective, and political, one that is more loving, more caring, and is less possessive, and less judgmental. So what does that look like for us? We may not have had much of this modeled in our growing up or in our work environment. Covey suggests that most, and I'm not sure if that's the correct term, maybe it's many and not most, but there's certainly many of us that have been scripted in protective and defensive behavior rather than in open and curious behavior. The kind of behavior that says, I want to seek to first understand and then be understood. The kind of, of openness and, and um, and vulnerability that says, yes, I care about my own needs, but I also care about yours. And how can we work this together in such a way that something better comes forward? Whether we're talking about a couple or a family unit or a spiritual community or a business or a state or a nation. It's how do we get to the willingness of practicing it right where we are, right where we are. I believe somewhere in the book, Covey suggests that maybe a way to practice is to think about the person in your life that is most different, excuse me, most different than you are. I get excited sometimes. A lot of times, actually. <clears throat> Covey says, think about maybe a person in your life that is so very different than you, very different life experiences, very different point of view, maybe a very different culture, and begin to interact with them in a way that you really seek to bring about something synergistically, <clears throat> that you really seek to, to not only understand them, but to see how you might create something new and different together, building upon what each of you has to bring to the table in a way that could not be brought forth if one of you were holding back. It's one of the things I like about these practices. It is not saying, you know, lay down and be a doormat and don't speak about what you need or what you have to offer. It's not, it's not that. It's showing up with great maturity, great spiritual maturity and discipline 
that is willing and able to be true to who and what you are, while at the same time recognizing the equal value and uniqueness of the other, and realizing that in coming together in a spirit of cooperation, in coming together in a spirit of co-creativity, something greater can come forward than if either party or any party were to hold back. He gives some great examples in the chapter, and if you've decided to go back and reread the book, which I hope you have, one of the examples he gives is the example of synergy in a classroom. And he uses it as an example of how synergy sometimes in the middle of it feels like chaos. And I want to just read it to you so you get kind of a feel for, for, for this, and then I'll begin to wrap it up. He said, I've come to believe that many truly great classes teeter on the very edge of chaos. Synergy tests whether teachers and students are really open to the principle of the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. There are times when neither the teacher nor the student knows for sure what's going to happen. In the beginning, there's a safe environment that enables people to really be open and to learn to listen to each other's ideas. But then comes brainstorming, where the spirit of evaluation is supported to the spirit of creativity, imagining, and intellectual networking. Then an absolutely unusual phenomenon begins to take place. The entire class is transformed with the excitement of a new thrust, a new idea, a new direction that's hard to define. Yet it's almost palpable to the people involved. Synergy is almost as if the group collectively agrees to subordinate old scripts and write a new one. Can you feel the flavor of that, the fun of that, the messiness of that, but the beauty of that? You know, birth, the birth of anything is rather messy, rather messy. But birth represents something new, some, bringing something forward that didn't exist before. As I wrap up, Covey reminds us, or suggests rather, that this idea of synergy <clears throat> rests upon the experience of trust in relationship and the skill of communication. We've talked in previous lessons the, about the importance of trust, that trust is built in, as a result of our own trustworthiness in a relationship, our own following through on the words that we say and the commitments that we make, that we are accountable, we are good for, for our word. And then he says, so you need the trust for the synergy to come forward, but you also need skillful communication. And that many of us need to to improve our communication skills. That many of us have been scripted first and primarily in defensive and protective communication. That's very legalistic communication. That's communication that's trying to protect yourself from any possible challenge or difficulty. Some people call it CYA communication. Very defensive, very, very, very protective. He says, then there's respectful communication, where I listen to you and I'm respectful of you, but I'm really just taking it in intellectually. And there is yet a deeper way of being together in communication. And he says, it's, it is synergistic communication. It's communication where I'm not just intellectually 
paying attention to you or intellectually respective of your point of view, but I'm trying to drill down with you into the paradigms behind the way you look at things and how you, how you be in the world. So that in drilling down deeper, I not only can understand you better, but I can understand me better and we can come together then and really work at a much higher level. For me, this is very much what happens when we join together in a certain kind of mindset. To me, it is in part what happens in Sangha. It's what happens when we people who care about consciousness, who care about spiritual practice, come together and are together. We lift each other up. You lift me up in times when I am struggling and down. And hopefully I lift you up in times when you are struggling or down. It is the nature of Sangha. It is the nature that we are better together than we are apart. That the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Namaste.